number one mistake I've always made in any meeting, probably still make today, is I talk too much. Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience, 20 minutes that simplifies the complex job of managing and leading people and inspires you to take action on what you probably already know, to build and sustain a smart and healthy business. Here's your host, Ed Epley, to introduce this week's guest and business leader. Welcome, everyone, to the Ed Epley Experience, your opportunity to learn from successful, seasoned pros about different things that will help you run a more successful, sustainable, profitable business. These gentlemen that are joining me today are no stranger to the Ed Epley Experience. You've heard them before, but never together. Maybe they were on once before together. I can't remember, but they're Dan and Sam Wiley. Is this the first time I've had you guys on at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, it's first time. Yeah. So one of the things that's interesting about you guys is you're about as curious as anybody that I know. You're constantly learning, challenging yourselves. You have gone on to different things since we were last together. So, Sam, what, what's the latest in your life? Where are you? What are you doing today? Well, I'm busy working for myself. I'm an entrepreneur. I run a small little firm that's just myself and a few others called SkySail Foods. We do consulting, so we do commercial solutions for the food and supplement industry. And then we also do some new brand, new consumer brand development in food and supplements. And a lot of cool projects there, but nothing I can talk about yet. Nothing has been announced. You'd have to kill our audience. Uh, looking forward to yeah, looking forward to, to to future now. All right, so so you'd kill our audience if we told them now. So we we don't want that. There's there's about twenty eight people out there that we want to continue on with their lives. Dan, what's the latest with you and your world? Yeah, so I'm with a company called Katie Pharma Group. It's a, a European based uh, contract development and manufacturing organization in the uh, or CDMO firm in the pharma space, active in the pharma space. They are the uh, largest producer of pharmaceutical omega 3 products that are sold into pharmacies around the world. So I am a VP of special projects there, which means I have a very multifaceted role. Right now I'm focused on trying to help commercialize some cannabinoid extracts and uh, some algae omega-3 extracts uh, that we produce is also working with some other consumer products so it's been a lot of fun so the reason i like having i i I like having dan and sam on podcasts is because they're very smart guys as you can tell and they are in a space that i know virtually nothing about and yet they humor me and and let me pick their brains. And I think they're going to have some information for you today that I think is important because this is the second of two podcasts all about maximizing meeting performance. The whole idea about meetings is one that, as the audience has heard me say before, I've come to way too late in my career to understand the importance and critical nature of it. I have gotten to the place now where I think I know a little bit about what people can do to run effective meetings. But guys, when did... When did you become aware of, one, the importance of meetings, and then when would you say you got line of sight as to some kind of strategy for the kinds of meetings you wanted to run and and what works and doesn't? So I don't care who goes first. So, you know, I started my career at a Fortune 500 company, and meetings were just part of life, and you kind of went through them. And mm-hmm. I think as I continue to go in career, you know, you start to understand, like, 
this is where we're doing things. I would say it was not until you introduced us to the uh, the advantage by Patrick Lencioni that I really started to see like, okay, here's this structured model for meetings. Okay, this resonates with me. I, I get it now. You know, happened 20 years too late, but now I understand why we're having meetings. Sam, how about for you? Well, you know, it's interesting as a, as a leader, it was my exposure to lots of failures or working with a team and just being so frustrated. I can't get, the, I can't get results. I can't get things to happen. I'm in meetings and people don't seem like they're engaged or paying attention. And, you know, it's, you come from a place of, of how do I solve this? Right. So I, I need to figure out how to be better at doing this activity. I, I clearly um, am not good at, or wasn't good at um, as a, as an employee, I remember many years ago when I worked in um, inside sales for a mortgage company, I remember doing a very disciplined, you know, less than 10 minute daily check-in to review our sales pipeline. Yeah. And it's probably one of the most effective meetings I've ever been in because it was on time. It was quick. We looked at maybe 100 or 150 items in a pipeline, talked about them all, talked about the roadblocks, made decisions about the day, and moved on. But I, I was just one of the team members. Right. I was working for sales managers who didn't know what they were doing. It was only years later, trying to run my own meetings, that I realized, wait a second, that was actually a good model for uh, effective meetings, Is um, especially that, 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 you know, keeping to the almost the impatience of the you know it's like we need to have this conversation but it needs to be over you're both educated gentlemen you you both went to universities uh, i am assuming it nowhere in that curriculum was a class on meetings is that yep. <laughs> <laughs> never yeah and, and i've 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 begun wondering why would a university that's teaching educating individuals to be successful if it's a business degree, business curriculum of some sort, why there is nothing about meetings as, as fundamental. Is it, so, so what's the assumption that, that's being made there about education and, and effectiveness of meetings? Is the assumption that because you have a, a degree, because you understand finance or marketing or strategy or any of the, those disciplines, that therefore you're prepared to run meetings and know what kind of meetings to, to conduct? I just don't think it's something that even hits the radar screen of your average professor. Uh, well, like professor that you have to train your students uh, for this aspect of their professional careers. Yeah. Yeah. It, professors are focused on being technical experts and I've had the benefit of some really amazing professors and mentors, but meetings are all about collaboration and, you know, empathy and, and, trying to work with people that sometimes don't want to work with you or it, it's professors are, you know, when they come into their classroom, they're God in their classroom. And, and that's not the way a meeting works. I mean, professor talks, you listen, you take notes, but you know, even if you're the boss <laughs> in a meeting, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Uh, if you try to make it work like that, if you try to be professor and all your employees or students, you're failing. I don't know that we've done enough to warrant you guys going this far this fast to make yourselves vulnerable but uh, what what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes you've personally made in your 
you know, the way you've conducted meetings, the way you've attempted to run meetings or even participated, if, you, if, if that's where it is. I, I'm just curious about your if you had some do overs, what would they be? Uh, how much time do we have, Ed? <laughs> we got about 20. <laughs> we got about 20 more minutes, Dan. So yeah, it's that's, that's, it's, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is is having meetings be too long. Maybe not having a strategic focus or a goal for the meeting. Those, those are kind of some of the things really coming into a meeting and just not being ready for it, not being prepared to actually think about the conversation. Yeah. Those are some things. What about you, Sam? Talking too much. I mean, it's always the number one mistake I've always made in any meeting, probably still make today, is I talk too much. Other people need to talk. You got to ask questions, not tell people. I think there's, I think the, the other one, and it's probably a huge pet peeve of me, but it, it's one I've worked really hard to not do and don't do anymore. But many people still make this mistake. It's not give your full attention. I mean, give 100% of your attention to a meeting, or you know what, just leave the room. Don't be there. Tell, tell people you can't come. You got something else to work on. I'll tell you one that I think I was most guilty of. Having made them all, and and not that I, not this is the only thing that I did wrong, but I think one of the biggest problems I had when I was the 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 person in charge, whatever title I had at the time, calling a group of people together, was having already made up my mind about something, and holding a meeting to act like I wanted their input. I'm not suggesting you guys did that, but I, I, that that <laughs> that is one. That, that is one where, in hindsight, if I knew what I know today, back then, I would have either just announced the decision, or I would have said, "Look, I've I, and, you know, I would have I would have been more vulnerable and more transparent." And said, "Look, uh, I think I've made up my mind about this topic. Now I want to run it by you, and if you can persuade me otherwise, great." But, uh, but, but not trying to act like I was serious about their inputs when I wasn't. I'm I'm embarrassed to have to admit it, but I I know I've done that. I've done it a time or two, or four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. How much, Dan, in your time with large organizations, did you see meeting stew? And my my definition of meeting stew is when one person is trying to be strategic, and and somebody else, or the meeting might be about tactics, and and you know a staff meeting, and somebody wants to argue strategy. Uh, do do you see that a lot, or or did you see that a lot in the organizations of which you were part that were big ones? I would say uh, when I when I was at a Fortune 500 aerospace company that they were pretty focused meetings. But that's you know you're working with a bunch of engineers; they're single minded in their focus. You know, working in a family business, we had a lot of meetings too. Just yeah, just a lot of. Who knows what we're going to talk about? Meetings go too long, um, and it covers every topic known to man. I I have to admit, I I got to witness a little of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, my current organization, like there's, I think there's a mix. It's not a giant company, but it's very fast moving. So sometimes you're you do get a little bit of, I don't know if it's meeting stew, but it's. Uh, you know, maybe a poupere or something. I mean, more than one course. Yeah, yeah. There's sometimes there's there's a couple different focuses, but you know, overall, I think it's. I, I just see a mix. I think Sam entrepreneurs are are notorious for following the shiny object, being taken off topic pretty easily by something that either angers them or excites them or interests them when it comes up in the meeting and and pivoting. 
are you guilty of that? Oh, probably almost every day. Hey, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, you know, I, I think for instance, typically when I have a meeting with people, I, I, I like to go first to make sure that I have the presence of mind to model the behavior that I want to see. Because if I get too focused on what other people are saying and I start reacting to it farther in into the meeting, I, I, I lose my focus. I mean, I, I want to stop and have a micro meeting, right? Oh yeah. You know, it's totally inappropriate to have this rabbit trail right now. And I just can't help myself. Yeah. When we got to do work together and I introduced, introduced you to the uh, table groups model for meetings, they really are focused around four kinds of meetings, the daily uh, stand up or huddle, the weekly tactical, the monthly strategic slash ad hoc. If, if you need something that warrants just its own meeting by itself because of, of the scope of it or the size of it, and then the quarterly offsite. Are you using still using those meetings as as your kinds of meetings in your organizations, or are there others that you're using besides those four ki- kinds of meetings? Yeah, I, I I stick pretty close to to that. You know, I think if I had to choose one, I just choose the daily stand up. I think that's the most important of them all. Why? Well, I think you know if you think about you got a team of five or ten people. Um, if they can accomplish one thing, you know, you, you talk about what you're going to accomplish that day that drives some peer-to-peer accountability. And if you can get 10 people doing one thing every day for a month, it's a lot of things. And, you know, you just are in this constant flow of, of communicating about what the business needs. The challenge, I think, is, is kind of the more strategic meetings, you know, having offsites or quarterly strategic reviews or things where you have to really step back from that day to day and think and think about the business. Yeah. 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 Extract, extract yourself from the day to day is really hard for most executives and executive teams. Sam, how about you? Well, I, I think it's, I think it's really challenging for leaders and for team members to, to make the jump from a weekly tactical to monthly strategic yeah, it, it, it's you get forty-eight, you know, or fifty or whatever the number is, weekly tacticals, and never any monthly strategics. Even if you have one that you delegate, you you, you assign to be the monthly strategic, it's it's it winds up being tactical. It's hard for everybody to downshift and say, okay, yes, but we need to think strategically here. Do you think? Where you hold the meeting matters. Do you think? In other words, I'm I'm wondering if if, in, like when you just suggested that it's hard to pull yourself out of the operational way of thinking to be strategic. I'm wondering if you went to a different meeting room where other than the one you normally meet in for your weekly tacticals, if that would make a difference. It does. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah, I mean the the. <laughs> I've been on the side of like trying to decide if it's worth it to go to an outside location or trying to justify that. And I always feel that it's worth it. You get better communication. Everybody changes the scenery. They change their mind when they change where they are. You know, I think I heard on one of your recent mini blogs, the, you know, like slightly more than half of the people in organizations are introverted. And, you know, I think that, you know, if you're always in this, daily, weekly tactical flow, you never tap into the talent of an introverted person. 
who's actually going to sit there and think. And, you know, so when you do have these offsites or strategics, you give space to, to actually make, make a little deeper thinking happen around, around the business and on what our choices are. Sam, you have any thoughts about different location? Yeah. I mean, I, almost anybody I've ever interacted with, whether it's, I'm giving advice to a business leader or I'm trying to coach a reluctant, you know, employee, there's often pushback about, do we really have to go to this offsite? Is it really going to make a difference? That's a long way. Isn't this going to cost a bunch of money? You know, I've heard it said hiring is the most important work we do. I don't know that I agree with that. I think leadership is the most important work we do. Leadership's really hard to do without communication that's two-way. If it's just one way, it's the professor and the student. It's got to be two-way. These meetings where you can lead and develop and listen and ask, it needs that space. So setting aside time that's special, different, you know, not the day-to-day, not the conference room where... You know, I always sit in this corner and you always sit over there and you you have to get out of that environment. And there's there's psychology like about how it unlocks, you know, it evokes cathartic response. It unlocks your your mind to learning, to to thinking about new things. I, I, I couldn't underscore it enough that when you need to think strategically, you need to get out of your day to day. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. That's that's good stuff for our audience. I know people are going to be thinking differently maybe about leaving the premises for some of their meetings. When you are in your meetings, how often do you remind people the purpose of the meeting? Where you would say that we're we're here today to make decisions about what we're going to do in the next week to operate the business more effectively or in a huddle. The reason we're doing a, a stand up, the, the the daily stand up or huddle. The reason we're doing this is to remain aligned so that we we are more likely to be aligned as an executive team and show up that way to the rest of the organization. Do you ever do that? Do you ever feel the need to do that? I'm I'm I I feel like there are times where people forget why we're here in the room together or you know, on the, on the, the virtual meeting together. What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I think that uh, that's one of my big pet peeves is, is when I get, when I get a meeting request that doesn't have a, a good title or an agenda or a purpose. And, and it's, it's hard to know, like, well, should I even go to this meeting? Um, what's it about? Um, and so I, I try to, be pretty clear with with the meetings that I lead that like here's what the goal is here's what the purpose is I don't do it perfectly don't do it all the time mm-hmm. but I, I try to be pretty pretty rigorous about this is why we're meeting we're going to talk about this hopefully we can get to a decision about this and and now let's start go ahead Sam yeah it, always saying the purpose of this meeting is to do what what is the outcome that we're looking for just, you know, scheduling a meeting that says we're going to discuss this project. <laughs> what a waste of time. It needs to say this is the purpose of the meeting. I think when you go into the, the standing meetings, you know, it's, it's easy to identify the purpose of an ad hoc meeting. It's like this is a problem we need to meet to talk about. It's the standing meeting that often often forgotten. I mean, I love, I love to trot out the phrase or, or the statement, you know, 
and a daily check-in is the most important thing, my number one priority that I'm going to do today to drive the business forward in the next 24 hours is... Fill in the blank, whatever it is. You know, fill in the blank, right? So, because that... We, we have to, we sometimes have to be overly obvious because people forget why they're there. They forget why we're, we're even talking. I think the more, I mean, I've run all hands meetings with, you know, 30 or 40 people. And um, those really, I mean, every time I, you know, would do an all hands meeting, you really have to spend the first couple of minutes just reminding everybody why we do this. Why did I drag you to this room or make you get on a Zoom call or a Teams call? Like, why are you here? What are, we, what are we talking about? What's the purpose of this communication? You know, what do we want from you? Th- those kinds of things. They, they, you know, the larger the audience, the more obvious you have to be. Yeah, I can see that. One of the disciplines that I see lacking in almost every organization, regardless of size, kind, type, geographic location, it doesn't matter, is at the end of meetings, especially tacticals and strategic or ad hocs, is the failure to make clear and, uh, and agree upon whatever decisions the meeting has produced, where it's really, it's written down in front of everybody where they can see it, and we can agree, did we just make this decision in this meeting or did we not? In, in other words, there is no there is no ambiguity when the meeting's over about whether a decision that was made. Do, do you see that, Dan? Have you seen that in in the larger organizations of which you've been a part or, or, or even now? I think it's I, – I don't see it as often as I would like. And to be frank, I don't do it as often as I should. You know, it's hard. Because a lot of times you've got another meeting that's backed right up to this one and you right. can't, you, you, there's no time or we didn't make space to actually, you know, hey, there's five minutes left in the meeting. Let's align on what we decided. Those, those, those things are, sometimes they just disappear into <laughs> the ether. The next team's call and, and now you're yeah. on to the next one after that and nobody write, wrote anything down from the last four. Sam, how about you? What have you seen? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think making sure we all agree on what did we just decide, you know, as a result of this discussion, what actions or outcomes are we going to take, is it's important. Um, it's most important in those, you know, longer weekly tactical meetings, having the running list that you can refer to. And most meetings will generate three, four, five, you know, decision points. It's important to write those down. I think the other thing I've really learned as a result of those discussions is a certain percentage of all the decisions you'll ever make in a business or become obsolete. You, you write them down. You decide that we need to take an action. You go out and you explore a little bit, and then you decide, yeah, it's not worth doing. Often more junior employees hold on to something you decided in a meeting three months ago that is totally irrelevant to the business today. There needs to be more of a discipline process for most people. I find this to be one of my top challenges is to go back and say, I know we decided in April that this was important, but knowing what we know today, we're deciding not to work on this. This isn't important. I need you to let it go. This doesn't mean we're dishonest or inconsistent. It, it just means we're being smart to current business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I frankly, I never see that. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it needs to be done. So I, I, I agree with you. When you've been part of any organization, how often have you seen them actually try to change their meetings? Um, <laughs> go ahead, Sam. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think fairly often. I mean, I've been blessed to work with some pretty, pretty awesome people. Um, I would say if I think about where uh, in organizations I've worked with, whether directly inside or coaching and advising, um, if I think about what I know to be the ideal of meeting performance and versus their willingness to reach the ideal, I think it's pretty low. If I think about how willing they are to improve or change at least some aspect with a bit of coaching and leadership and guidance, I'd say pretty common. Okay. How about you, Dan? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I have tried to do a lot of change leadership, I guess, be an agent of change for, for, yeah. for changing meetings. So um, I've always felt like it's been kind of this uh, Sisyphean task. I'm just like, I'm just trying to get somebody to do something slightly different. <laughs> you know, not that I'm going to quit, but like it's, I get kind of frustrated and impatient with with the unwillingness to just make some simple changes. I love the reference to Sisyphus. I've I've had a lot of guests on my podcast. Not many times do we get the the mythological character Sisyphus as part of the as the the, uh, the examples, and I love that because that's exactly what I was thinking of when you started with your conversation. It's, that's what it feels like so often. You guys know the root the routine is always to uh, ask. My guest, or in this case, guests, what's the one thing that they would suggest to the audience if they're going to do anything to be more effective in the running of their meetings? What would it be? I would say, I would say, say no to a meeting. You know, there's a decline button on all these meetings. Just ask yourself, like, is this really necessary? Do we need this meeting? Or does it have to be an hour? Can it be 25 minutes? I, I, I would just would say, say no to meetings more. Give your people and yourself time to work and time to think. Beautiful. Samuel. I, I, I struggle to think of whether it would be, is it more important to listen and ask questions in the meeting? That's pretty important. But I think maybe even a higher priority, if I really, really think about the, the to me, what's the most important thing that I could ever think of doing with, with a meeting cadence is have a cadence. You have a schedule, stick to it, chisel it in stone. Don't ever deviate from it. If you can't make the time, cancel the meeting because people need to plan their lives. Somebody has got kids to pick up from school. You know, somebody else has a lunch appointment. It's this, you know, a day before or the morning of, Hey, I know we normally have the Tuesday meeting at 11, but can we have it at, if we start at 1145, because so-and-so is not here yet. Like, that kind of schedule chaos, I think, saps huge amounts of energy from organizations. Build a schedule for your meeting cadence. Stick to it. Chisel it on stone. Don't ever deviate from it. <laughs> yeah, I, Sam I, I agree with that. That's that's a good number one. A number two, number one. <laughs> I, I love them. Uh, it, there's Sam Wiley, Dan Wiley, friends of mine and, and executives for whom I have a tremendous amount of respect. Gentlemen, if, if people want to reach out to you for, for more information, 
or to have you know discussions about meetings, what's the best way for them to reach you? You can find me at skysalefoods.com. All one word, Skysale? Skysale. Yeah, all one word, skysalefoods.com. Dan? Yeah, probably LinkedIn is is the best way. I've got my my uh, phone number and email up up there, right. but LinkedIn search for Daniel Wiley and it is under Daniel. Okay, good. Yeah. These guys are worth the effort to to talk to folks. So thank you for helping us do the second of the of our three meeting maximizing meeting performance podcast, guys. It's always a pleasure. Hope to see you soon. Okay, guys. Thank yeah, you. thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ed Epley Experience. For more information on building a more sustainable, smarter, and healthier business, visit www.theepleygroup.com for resources, tips, and Ed's latest blogs. That's the Epley, E-P-P-L-E-Y, group.com. Plus, take a free assessment at theepleygroup.com slash assessment to find out how you measure up as a highly skilled and accomplished manager and where to focus on improving your skills. 